Good evening, friends. It's indeed a pleasure to be here tonight and a privilege. Now, I thank you for your thoughts of the boy and my son. He's just a lad, and he's been going with me now for a little while. The manager's in Canada, Mr. Baxter, and so I, I hardly know how I would uh, It'd be hard for me to get along without him right now. <laughs> He's kind of my right-hand man. He, but being just a kid and your all's respect for him, I certainly appreciate that. And I hope someday that God makes a minister out of him. And if he would only give a complete yield to God, of course, he's just a kid. He's in the adolescent age yet. But Billy, he'll yield to God. His ministry will exceed mine so bad to, so far it won't even be in the picture. Billy is going to be a very spiritual boy, and the Spirit of the Lord is near him. For instance, we'll be riding down the road on a place we've never seen before. He's talking to him today. He said, Daddy, he said, I see we're going to make a turn after a while, and there's a red barn. There'll be a cow standing over here and some chickens standing around the side. It'll be there. Just don't worry. It'll be just there. And uh, see, it's so near him, the same thing. If he just yield to it, and then we'll go a little farther, and I'll say, now watch, Paul, you'll see it's the same, I'm telling you. I say, now we're going to be a man's so you be ready to catch your brakes, because there's a man going to come around a corner in this next city, and a man's going to be dressed in a certain way like that, and there he'll be, you see. <laughs> and he'll say, well, now, Daddy, that I see that, too. He said, I don't know what to do. I said, just follow what the Lord says. See. Gifts and callings are without repentance, that's right. And... Of course, these thousands of things happen. We just never even, I never even mentioned it. Just, he just tells me certain things, and I just go ahead. That's all right. I'm thankful. And just don't tell it to the people. You don't have to. Let's just go do somebody some good or help somebody. It isn't going to help anyone. It doesn't do any good anyhow, does it? Just maybe for our own benefit. And there's many things that he lets happen, and he never tells me nothing about it. Just lets me go right on in. And I don't know nothing about it, so it's going to happen. He just tells me what he wants to. See? And what he doesn't want to, he doesn't have to. And he's, that's the way God does. Just like you might tonight lay down and dream a dream. Well, you can't help because you dream the dream. Well, I'm, tomorrow night I'll say, dream me a dream. Well, you couldn't do it if you had to. <laughs> See? There's nothing you can do about it. But the one who gives dreams is the one who can do it. The one who gives visions is the one who can do it. And our vision is different from a dream. Only a dream is a... It's a, it's a, well, in one way, it's a kind of a vision, but you're unconscious. And a dream is when you're subconscious, and a vision, I think, now, I wouldn't know, think works in the same channel, only a dream, God does deal in dreams sometimes with people. He, he gives King Nebuchadnezzar dreams, and he gives Joseph dreams, and so forth. But it's not too accurate unless to be an interpreter of the dream. And then a vision, you, you don't go to sleep at all. You just stand and look at it. It's just happening right in front of you. And you're, are you thinking of a feeling. You're standing here now talking to someone, and yet, actually, you're maybe 20 years before that. Watching what's taking place has taken 20 years before that, something that they've done in life. And maybe you'll be, after a while, maybe years beyond. I see what he says. You just watch what he says. And he'll tell you, now when someone says, well, you've done a certain thing and there's something wrong and this, that doesn't yet mean the patient's healed. You'll hear him speak out when he says it. Thus saith the Lord. And mark that down. See what happens. That's just exactly. 
course, in there I don't have no control of what I'm talking about at all. There's um, no control. It's something else. It just you just break from one into another. It takes over. He, he does the talking, and I don't. Then when I, I'm listening at myself talk, when you're hearing me talk like that, I'm listening at my own self talking. I can hear myself. Yet I'm, maybe I'm standing like in New York City and on the platform, and I see someone that maybe from Alton, Illinois, here. Well, I see him on the street. Maybe I can recognize where it's at. And I say, well, it's, uh, you're from Illinois, it's and I was there one time. And uh, maybe see the way the situation is. And yet I'm talking, I'm really in Alton, in spirit, but I know that I'm, my voice is coming in in New York. You talk about a feeling. But it's gifts, just like people and other things that you do, it's God's gift to the people. Not to me, to you. See? It's not my, it's yours. <laughs> It's for you. And I'm so glad to be in this meeting here. Your little pastor here, one of them, my old brother Brewer, and certainly got a fine bunch of ministers sitting here. I'm so proud of these men that stands up here before the public as a target for every unbeliever say, I'm one believes in divine healing. I believe in the power of God. That's what they're sitting here. You people around here without a church, go to their church. Join up with such a group. I did, and I, I know be good for you to do it, men and women who believe. If you get healed, then join up with people who does believe in healing. That's right. And I think it's the cream of the crop. And they're a fine man. Surely if I know what was going on out there, I, I know where them was, them was a real man of God or not standing behind me, just close to me. So they are really a fine group of people. Usually on meetings sometimes, I have everyone to leave the platform because it's spirit all around. I asked that the first night because I was conscious of that man being behind me. When I felt that fine blend of faith moving in, I just said, let him sit right there. Just let him sit right there. It's all right. That helps me. And, and, and if you all know it's been in my meetings, this is a, about the first time you ever seen someone sit behind in a meeting. Isn't that right? That's right because the, we don't, it isn't permitted. They just take them right off the stage. But what it is on account of that, Another thing is epileptic cases and so forth are demon-possessed people. When they get to the platform, sometimes they just go into a tantrum, see? And if you've got an unbelief back there and that working on it, oh my, then you've, you've got a tore-up meeting. So if you've got them up here by yourself, just with the Holy Spirit, you can govern it better. And Satan knows just what you're a little afraid of, and there's no need of me trying to get around it. I'm just a little afraid of those things because they get away from me many times. So that's the reason he knows he can bluff that in if he can. But if the congregation will set reverence when anything's going on, will set reverence and just be reverent. Just you know that God's got the situation under control. You watch what happens then. You see, everything will be all right. Here some time ago, I was in a meeting at Jonesboro, Arkansas. There might be people here who was in that meeting. For all I know, it's pretty close to here. Great numbers of people. The paper said 28,000 there, and the paper said that they were all there. So they were scattered around everywhere. And we were in the meeting, and there was a man who came in there who was very hostile. He belonged to a church that didn't believe in divine healing. There was a child on the platform. The mother had a rag wrapped around a clothespin who had those spasms. Well, she'd stick that rag in his, or clothespin in his mouth, keep him chewing his tongue when it was having a spasm. And one day, of course, when he got close, it had a spasm, always. So then it started going on with this epileptic fit. 
Or it just, I waited for it to stop, but it just didn't stop. So I asked everyone in the audience to bow their head. And that way, no matter what people uh, think, many people think, well, I've got faith. They might believe that with all their heart. And to an extent, they have faith here, knowledge. But see, faith is something different from that. That's a knowledge of faith, but faith is a positive thing. For instance, like a man goes overseas. I'll stop here just a minute. We're going overseas, and we get in the ship. Now, the man that really runs the ship goes down into the bowels of the ship, the engineer. But he takes orders from this man upstairs. Well, what if he gives orders uh, uh, two knots to the left, and the man down in the, uh, here turns two knots to the right? He says, straight ahead, and the man down here to the ship runs backwards. But see, they've got to get in harmony. See, you've got to be, a ship will never move. Well, now, many people have hope and calls it faith. But now, when God says a certain thing, and you say a certain, the same thing, and down here says the same thing, something's going to happen, you see, when you get all together. But then the ship will move, the load will move. But you've got to be in perfectly in harmony with the will of God, the word of God, your subconscious, your real, your first conscience with the spirit of God, all of it moving together, and everything is clear as the way and you move out. You've got to do that. And then sometimes when the people, they'll sit and look, watch. Of course, an audience of this size, maybe 2,000 or more people. But in the, if there was, a, there's bound to be many, no matter how much we think that everybody's 100%, yet there's got to be some that isn't. They, and they look this way, and some of them will wonder in their heart, just subconsciously wonder, well, that's what I pick up here. It's what you see, and you think, well, now, I, I wonder what's happening. How does that man do that? What, what happens? Well, just as you do that, it just comes in like this, going, so I can't feel like that, see? And you can feel it. And you say, Brother Brown, that's psychology. Well, if it is, Jesus used it. <laughs> that's right. He, when he went into the house where Jairus' daughter was, is all weeping and carrying on, he put everyone out of the house. <laughs> is that right? A bunch of people was in the discussion one day, and he took a man and led him outside the city to himself to get away from it. Peter, when he went to raise the ark, he knelt down the room and prayed, and he put all the widows out that were carrying on like so he got her to himself. Is that right? See? See? No? See? The eye is the gate to the soul. Five senses, and the eye almost governs the others. You look at it. The Catholic Church knew that a long time ago, when they put up statues and so forth in there. The psychologist seen the sight, and the person will look and say, I wonder. And you feel that. And I've asked them to put their heads down. You've heard of it many times. Because when you do, then they're, they're not looking on. It's not as bad. In this case, this little baby is a spasm. I was trying to get the spasm to stop on the child. And I'll go into that detail some other time about the power of making it happen right here. So then, but now where will stay off or not, that depends on the face of the person. But uh, uh, then before the audience, when this was going on, I couldn't get the spasm to leave the child. And I, I asked everyone to have their head down, and I kept feeling the, the most strangest feeling sitting way back. There's just a little group of people sitting there that wouldn't put their head down. Well, I kept asking at the, I said, would you all put your head down, please, like that? And nobody, I went ahead and everyone with their head down. Directly, I said to the man back there, I said, sir, you'll have to put your head down 
you and your people there. He just sat and looked up, kind of hostile-like. And so one of the ushers slipped back there and told him, he said, this is a public meeting. I had just as much right here as anybody else. I don't have to put my head down. So the usher slipped back and told me that. I said, well, sir, if, it, if this was your child, you'd put your head down because you'd want it healed. I said, the little thing, we haven't got no medicine for, the doctors can't help epileptic. And I said, it's a spirit. They don't know when it's going to attack it. It's a demon. And I said, you and he just kept on like that. I said, now look, sir, see to it. I said, God, don't let this poor little innocent baby have to suffer for the sin of that man. And I said again, I said, my heavenly father, will you please make this spirit leave the baby? And let him be. And I said, Satan, you come out and you're at liberty. And when he went from the man, 28 people fell in the floor of epilepsy right there where he left. Seats began to run out on the floor and turn around and everything else like that and such as people screaming and then you couldn't get them quietened for a few minutes. And when it got quietened down again, as far as I know, the full outfit still has epilepsy. So you see, you're not dealing with playing church. See, it's one time some man seen Paul casting out epileptic spirits. So they went and asked the man with the epilepsy, said, we have charged you by Jesus who Paul preaches, come out. Devil said to the man's lips, said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? And so the man taken the spirit and got on and stripped their clothes naked and run out through the streets. Is that right? See, he, he's called a devil and he's called epilepsy now. He's still a devil. Still a devil, that's right. So of all other diseases, devils, tormentors. They get the name of cancer. What is that medical name from the word crab? Lay. Jesus would have called it a devil. If you'd have noticed what it is, the cancer comes from a germ. So did you come from a germ. You were one time one little germ. You come to one, what is a germ? It's a teeny little cell. What's beyond that cell? It's life. Then you're in the supernatural realm. Then it begins to develop cells. Everything after its kind, a dog, the dog, bird, bird, human, human, every seed after its kind. Keeps developing cells. You grow to where you are now, and then in your body becomes a cancer, a tumor, a cataract, or something. What's that? That's another germ developing cells. It has no form, it just runs anyways. Nothing behind it, it's the devil. Runs out and spreads out and covers the eye, or gets it, then it goes to sucking your blood. And remember that cancer in there developing cells, it's growing just like you did in the womb of your mother. Now, where he comes from, it wasn't there in the beginning. That's another life in your life. That's another body in your body. Now, you can't tell me the kind Heavenly Father did that. That life can't come from God. It's the evil life to take the life that God gave you. So it isn't God's life. It's a devil. Now, I don't deal with the lump. I deal with the spirit that's in that, in that piece of flesh. Now, when the spirit's called out, Spirit goes away from it. How many hunters, deer hunters are in here? Let's see your hand. How many butchers are in here? Let's see your hand. Is there anybody that ever killed an animal and knows this to be the truth? When you kill anything, you're a hunter or you are an undertaker, a human body. When you die, anything shrinks for about 72 hours. And then it'll start swelling and it'll get bigger than it ever was. Look at a little dog who run over on the street. Let him lay there in the hot sun a few days and watch what's happened. He's bigger than he ever was. He swells up. 
Now, the patient, when the unclean spirit's gone out of the person, when it's cast out by divine healing powers of God, when the unclean spirit's gone, the patient feels better and they rejoice. In about 72 hours, I sit warm of this thing. They'll start feeling bad, getting sick. Well, sure, they've got to. They'll say, well, you know, I felt so much better, but I guess I just lost my healing. That's the way to lose it. For the unclean spirit said Jesus, when he's gone out of the man, he walks in dry places and returns again with seven other devils. Is that right? If the good man of the house isn't there to protect that house, and the good man of your house is your face, if it isn't there to war him off, he'll come in, force himself in. Then the, the life, the same power of faith that's taken the devil, the life out of it, your unbelief will restore it again. Didn't Jesus say, go ye and what no more? Would you all say that together? Go ye and what no more? Or what is sin? <laughs> Drinking whiskey is not smoking. And smoking cigarettes and committing adultery is not sin. That's just the attributes of sin. You do that because you're a sinner. That's what your life bears. Smoke is just like I said, it's night outside. How much this is night? The whole thing's night. And you're a sinner because you believe not. He that believeth not is condemned already. You're a sinner because you don't believe. And when that's what makes you do those things is because you do not believe. And yet you profess to believe. That ought to make all the holiness preachers say, Amen. <laughs> and a Calvin is saying it. <laughs> all right, but anyhow, when you your life is known by the fruits you bear. And if you just simply do these things and think there's no harm in them, it's because it hasn't been right down here yet. See? You do that because you are an unbeliever. Ah, no Baptist will disagree with that. But Listen, brother, the tree is known by fruits it bears. Jesus said, by their fruit, you shall know them. Now, if the life is in here, is got faith and it's of God, it can produce nothing but a Christian life. That's all. You can't make uh, uh, thorns grow on, a, make uh, apples grow on a thorn tree, whatever the tree is. It's got sycamore bark on it, looks like a sycamore tree is bearing apples. It's just an apple tree because the life in it is apple tree life and it's producing apples. See what I mean? No matter if you're a Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, full gospel, Pentecostal, whatever you are, Nazarene, if you're bearing the fruits of the Spirit, you've got life in you. <laughs> see? See? Now, the life is known by what's on the inside. Now, if that unclean spirit has gone out and their life that is, is in here is faith, Go ye and sin no more, that is, disbelieve no more, or a worse thing, sure, seven other will come with him and come in by force and take it. See what I mean? So when you come to the platform at any time here, you come with one purpose. If you don't believe, if you don't believe this to be of God, stay off the platform. Stay away from here. All right, and if you, if you do believe, then do just as you're told to do. So right on and believe because it's backed up with God's word, and, and you've got to receive it. A little testimony about a linger, and I hope I'm not taking too much of your time. There was a recently there was in a meeting. I've told it several times. I always refer to this because it just seems so good to me. It's a nice meeting. This woman come along, <clears throat> stomach trouble, and when I was talking to her and it said um, before, you know what I was saying. It, Everybody was weeping. I wondered what it was, and I picked it up on the tape recorder, and it was tape recording to see what was making it, and it said, the Holy Spirit spoke out and said, Thus saith the Lord. 
Eat what you want to, you're healed. And the woman went on rejoicing. A woman down the line farther the same night had a lump on her throat sticking out like that. And it said the same thing to her. Thus saith the Lord, you're healed. And told her what she had done, something other, she was going to make restitution for what she had done. Anyhow, she was healed. But a woman went home to try to obey what the voice of the Lord had said to eat. And the poor thing, she tried to eat, and she had vomit, and she had stomach had burned, and she tried to force it down her. It just, it was weeks past, and it just, it was still as bad as it ever was, if not worse. Well, she just kept on believing, and there were people around the neighborhood, they started making fun of her. Said, why, that woman, that preacher run that woman crazy. Well, it wasn't me who told her that. It was him. So she just stayed right with it, and one morning when her family had left, she, her stomach was burning and hurting so bad. Three or four weeks afterwards, she got real hungry when she was washing the dishes, so she picked up a piece of toast and eat it. Ordinarily, she'd bomb it right up, and she started eating the toast. It tastes pretty good, so she kept that down. And one thing that hurt her was oats, and some of the children had some oats left in the plate, she said, so she just taken a few bites of that oats and didn't bother any, so she just drank her a cup of coffee. <laughs> so... Just fine and daddy, she waited a few minutes. She said, the funniest feeling, and she got so happy, she run down to tell her neighbor down the street, which was the lady that had the lump on her neck, that said, well, she was just how she was feeling. She run down, she heard somebody screaming in the house. She opened the door and run in. The woman was shouting, run all over the floor. The lump had just left her neck. And so she come to the meeting, both of them, and come to the meeting where we were at, and she said to my brother, Asked about it and wrote a note to me. She wanted to get up to it. So the manager, he come and asked me. Well, I said, see, when a blessing is pronounced of God, just like God's word about the millennium and everything else, it's got to come to pass. See? Now, what happened? God maybe not answered spontaneously. I believe Daniel prayed and it was about 21 days before the angel. Wasn't that right? 21 days later, the angel got to him. But what it was when the angel of the Lord had pronounced that it was weeks later, two or three weeks, it was just him passing through that neighborhood, confirming the word, see, that had already been spoken by God, see. Just, now, what if the woman doing his time would have got to, with some critics and unbelievers, they see there ain't nothing to it? Well, there'd been so much unbelief built up there. See what I mean? Just like anything else in God's word, it takes the same thing. So, have faith in God. May the Lord bless you now. And now, here's some handkerchiefs laying here to be prayed over. I wish to do this now. Now, many people are, think that's superstition, but it's the Scripture. Yes, it's the Scripture. Now, you might wonder why would a handkerchief. Now, many of you, brethren, you know, it's a handkerchief. That's all right. That's just fine. See? Anything that God will bless, we're all for it, aren't we? Anything that God will do. But in the Scripture, if you notice, now let's go right down to little bitty Harris Point. If you say, I don't believe that, Brother Bram, that'll be all right anyhow. And we make you won't think one bit less of it. But if you watch the scripture, Paul never anointed those handkerchiefs. He took them off of his body. Acts 19. Now, where I think he got that, when the Shunammite woman lost her baby and she went over to the prophet Elijah, Elijah sent Gehazi with a staff in his hand to lay the staff on the baby. He realized that what he touched was blessed of God. See? And they just, now there's anointing. If I had just a little time to go into that, see? But now, we pray over the handkerchief and send them as memorials. I send hundreds and hundreds a week. And I guess, I guess I send more than a thousand handkerchiefs a week from one office, Jeffersonville. 
testimony. We got a little house built there, a little shed, just banked up full of testimonies and things. Here, some time ago, I was just thinking, one, one come to a woman in Germany who was crippled with arthritis, and they went and brought the, brought the pen, put it on her underneath garment. She confessed all of her sins and things. She said, now, devil, you get out of the house the Lord, and jumped up and went walking on. <laughs> this is over. And her testimony's been so forceful at Luxembourg, so I'm going into Luxembourg now for a meeting in Luxembourg, Germany, on this trip, and up to Frankfurt. And now, there's just don't give up. Just keep believing. And now, before we start for the rest of the service, can we bow our head just a moment for prayer for these anxious? I want every Christian here to center your heart on the sick and needy of these handkerchiefs. Come right ahead, brother. Most kind, loving Father, we are thinking now of the great St. Paul in the Bible. They took from his body handkerchiefs and aprons and they put them on the sick, and evil spirits went out of them. And they were healed of diseases. Now, we realize that we're not St. Paul, but we know that you're still Jesus, the one who did the healing. And now, Father, these anxious perhaps means that some poor old mother or dad, some little child, somewhere sick and afflicted, they're waiting for these to return. Great Heavenly Father, look down in mercy tonight and heal every one of these. You're looking at them. And we pray that you'll grant these blessings to us. We don't know how to ask you, how to rhyme our prayer. We know that that has nothing to do with it. It's your divine order of doing things. It's whether we can believe it in our heart, and I do. And now we're told in the Bible that one of the writers has said that when Israel came out of Egypt and was on the road to the Promised Land, the Red Sea had them cut off. God looked down through that pillar of fire with angered eyes, and the Red Sea got scared and moved back, and Israel went across on dry land. And now, Father, may you look tonight to these handkerchiefs and follow them to the sick and needy, and when they're placed upon the needy and sick and afflicted, may you look down upon that disease with angered eyes, thundering out of Calvary, and may that disease get scared and move back. May the patient pass into good health and the promise of God, Grandfather. We send these handkerchiefs to them in the name of thy dear Son, Jesus Christ, for this purpose. Amen. I was, I in the 8th chapter of St. Luke, a reading of a verse, just a few comments. Last night I was a little late. So I'm going to try to be just on time tonight, if possible. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. Our scripture reading tonight is concerning a desperate man in desperation, a man by the name of Jairus. He was in the right in the middle of the ministry of our blessed Redeemer. Savior, when he was here on earth, he spent much time in prayer. He went up into the mountains and he prayed, and a day before this he just crossed over a sea, all the way over a stormy sea, to help one single person. He went over to Gadaria, 
to help a, a maniac over there that was bound in the tomb, crossed over a stormy sea to help one man in trouble, because one soul was calling for him, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He'd come out of glory tonight, come out of his, with his power to make one single person of this earth well tonight, to help one person. And I believe that he does each day thousands around the world where great campaigns are being held now in the closing up of the Gentile dispensation. May he come tonight. We are thinking of Jairus. I believe he was a nice little fellow. Many times that we judge people by their actions, and sometimes we don't judge the heart. You know, I've often thought, back here is the spirit of a man, the next is his soul, the next is his mind, and then his flesh. All right? Satan does not tempt down in here. He tempts out here in the flesh. For instance, you go down the street tomorrow, you're walking along singing Christian songs, and somebody says, you know she or he is just a hypocrite talking about you. There's nothing. Now, the first thing your flesh picks that up in the ear, and it suggests to the mind, get even with him. Time he gets back there, he says, this back there says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. See? That's it. So Satan tempts out here. You see, he doesn't get down here because this is immortal. It's the flesh that he tempts. Young man going down the street, young Christian boy, a young lady coming immorally dressed. The eye picks it up. The flesh suggests to the mind evil. Then time gets to the mind, goes to the soul, the nature's good. Uh, soul of man's the nature of the spirit, of course. And so when the soul gets there, but the spirit says, Whosoever looketh upon a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery in his heart already. The young man turns his head and walks away. See? That's down here is where it's got to be. Not out here. It's got to be down in your heart where it's got to come from, where, where God lives. And little Jeriah, I'd imagine down in his heart, he believed on the Lord. But what he had, he had joined up with a bunch of unbelievers. You know there's a whole lot of people like that tonight. They believe. We'd like to be right here in this meeting tonight. But they've got their name on books that doesn't believe this. Thing. So they're secret believers. <laughs> and Jeriah, you know, a man like that, God sooner or later will bring it to a showdown, I believe. So Jeriah probably went with the priest, and they said, Ever who goes to these healing campaigns can just come get your membership, leave, because they couldn't no more belong to the synagogue. And they had to get out. And so they... Uh, they couldn't believe on this fanatic because he didn't teach the way their seminaries taught and so forth. So, but he did have the word of the Lord, and he had a spiritual move. God always where God is, you'll see supernatural spirits. I ask any person, any Bible scholar, to go back down the, the history and find out if ever there was a move of God in the world at any time that God was in, if there wasn't phenomenals and supernaturals and divine healing and powers of God made manifest everywhere. So don't think it's strange today that these things are going on. It's just a move of the Lord. That's all. It's just the Lord moving. And God is moving with his Spirit. And in the Old Testament, what a beautiful type. In the Old Testament, there was a pillar of fire that hung over the children of Israel. Priests watched that, and when the pillar of fire moved, the trumpet sound, the Israel packed camp and left. They followed the pillar of fire. And no matter what time it was, midnight, daylight, middle of the day, five o'clock in the afternoon, whenever it was, when the pillar of fire moved, the people moved with the fire. 
a very beautiful type of today, that uh, after 1,500 years of dark ages, there was a man by the name of Martin Luther, saw the pillar of fire, the just shall live by faith, away they went. And they moved out of Catholicism into uh, the early birth of the Protestant church, begin with Martin Luther. Well, Martin Luther went on until he got his church so organized, Luther passed away, many more of his followers passed away, and finally they got it all corrupted. God won't stay among them, so the pillar of fire moved again. Well, when it began to move in another supernatural revival, well, Luther couldn't see it because he had organized and had his own bylaws and things set to Lutheran church, and they just couldn't move with it. But a little fellow named John Wesley, George Wakefield, they seen the pillar of fire, and they moved with it. And the great Methodist revival swept the world. Luther just sat still. All right? And then the Wesleyan, they had a great revival, divine healing and powers of God. Recently I stood when I went over there in uh, England, when it was uh, the healing of King George, when it was great for him, with the model of cirrhosis. And then up there they take me up to Wesley's home, and I knelt in the room and prayed, put on his clothes, went out to his pulpit, and stood there where he had preached so much. And an honorable man, what a great man that he was, and his great revival. So then I think after a while, after the going of John Wesley and Asbury and, and Whitfield and many of those, after they passed along in a few more rounds, just like it was in apostolic days, then the first thing you know why the Methodists begin to cool off and they begin to get their rituals and farms and everything and get self-starts and sit down. And you know, the pillar of fire began to move out. That's right. And some people named Pentecost, they saw it. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Away they went. Just left Methodist set on the rim. And away they went. And they had a revival that swept around the world. That's right. But the sad part is, you know, Pentecost is just about getting about like this of them now again. That's right. That's true. But you know, the Spirit of God's a moving on. The pillar of fire is moving out just the same. And all those people... And if you'll notice, a very beautiful type in the Old Testament, not getting off my subject, I pray you forgive me, but Moses was a type of the church. And you notice today the church does what Moses did. Moses glorified himself before the people in a fit of glorifying the Lord. Is that right? And he wasn't permitted to take the people over. And that's the way the church today, the people say, well, I belong to this organization. I belong to this. And the organization tries to see if they can outdo the other. The Methodists try to get ahead of the Baptists, the Baptists, the Presbyterians, and like that. Just got to a place where they glorify themselves and instead of letting God come into the people and, and magnify himself with the people. Isn't that the truth? But did you notice there was a man that followed them all the way through by the name of Joshua. He was right with them all the time. He is the one who took them over. Is that right? Well, this great power of God that's moved in every revival is the very thing that will take the church over, just as sure as the world. It'll take them across Jordan to the other land. There's many believers all along. We've always had it. And let's take our story for a moment. Little Jarius, he had joined himself up over here. What a... It come a time that he wanted to go see Jesus, only his church told him, now if you go over there, of course he's going to be put out, and he was the ruler of the synagogue, the pastor, perhaps, and he couldn't do it. But one day his little girl got sick. So they called the doctor, I suppose, as most all people would do. The doctor would come and tried all these cures he had on the child, and the child just didn't get any better. Now, I'd imagine that when he seen the doctor's cures uh, uh, failing, I imagine little Jarius down in his heart began to think, I wonder where Jesus is, if I happen to have to have him, you know. 
You know, that's just about the way we have to wait till we get pushed into it, you know. So then, after a while, the, the little girl, the great hour come that the doctor walked away and said, Well, there's nothing more can be done. Drive. Your daughter is going to die. She just has a few more minutes of life left in her, and she's got to die. The dark stroke hit. Now, he must put what faith he's got into action. And that's the same now. We've got to take what faith we've got and put it to work. We've got to do something about it. Right now, the hour has come when we got to move. And he said, well, he wondered where Jesus was. I imagine I can hear him mention it to someone. I can hear his people say, now it's your eyes. Don't you get all excited here now, see? At this great crucial hour now, if you start running out after this thematic, this divine healer over here, well, we'll just have to, at the next general council, we'll just have to put you out. That's all we're doing. That's just all we're doing. You're going to believe in such things as that. Now we're just going to have to take you out. The next business meeting, we'll have to vote you out and put a new pastor in. But Jairus had a need of something. He, down in his heart, he made Jehovah still in. Is that right? So then the first thing you know, um, the... I didn't mean that. I happen to say that a little out of season. I guess. I believe that's what they call the assemblies of God's meeting, isn't it? Well, I didn't mean it only for them. I mean to all of them everywhere. Baptist, Methodist, or whatever you call it. Next conference, then, we'll have to put you out. I just know why I said general counsel. I didn't mean because the assemblies of God believes in divine healing. <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. I meant it at any meeting, where it was at, you know, whatever the conference was, they had to put him out. And because he didn't, they didn't want to have that kind of stuff thrown around them, where them fanatics screamed and hollered and shouted and cried and jumped up and down and believed in divine healing, all those things. They didn't want that. They were too pious and too dignified. My, the Spirit of God is without form. It has no form. So they wanted all their 15-minute sermons, and we must go home early, and they didn't want one of these fellows that, you know, that's the kind of a person the world's calling for today. They say, give us a good mixer at the next conference. We want somebody who can mix good. Please, a little social drink or a little card party now and then. But God don't want mixers. He wants separators. He says, separate me. Yes, sir. Separate yourself. Come out from among them. God's calling separators, not mixers. And um, so, but Drive, I can imagine now he's got to go. The hour struck. He's got to put his face to work. So somebody must have come told him, said, Jesus is coming. And here he was, coming across the sea, roaring in the boat, him and his disciples. Well, I can see him grab his little cloak and throw it over his shoulder and take down the street just as hard as he could. And I can hear him say, well, I wonder where he's going now. I can see some of the officials of the church catching him and say, now, look, Jeremiah, if your doctor has said nothing else can be done for the child, why well, hang around some fanatic and only cause disgrace? But down in Jeremiah's heart, there's a little spark somewhere that if I can ever get to him... If the Shunammite woman could find if Lazarus could be raised from the dead, there's something down in my heart telling me, if I can ever get to Jesus, that's all I have to do. All right, and down the street he goes. Well, the tired fishermen as they landed in, great crowds was looking. I see a little woman sitting up on the hill doing her knitting, you know, and she'd had an issue of blood for many years and spent, sold the farm and everything else and paid the doctors. They'd done everything they could, but she couldn't get healed. And she said, if that's him... If I can only touch his garment, I'm going to be made well. Here she comes. I can see her pressing her way through the crowd. Here stands these people saying, Days of miracles have passed. Now you'll be put out of the synagogue. She just pressed right on through them. See? I can see these fellows standing there saying, Why there hasn't been miracles since Moses was on the earth. All them things, we can explain it by the scripture. She just crawls right between her feet and goes right on. She's trying her best. Anyhow, don't make any difference. She's trying to get to Jesus. 
Well, her face told her if she could touch his garment, that's all she needed. And so on. And a poor little sick, weakly, frail woman had been bleeding like that for all those 18 years. You know how weakly she was. And she'd have to crawl a while and press a while. She'd raise up and see where she was and take off again. After a while, all the people trying to hug him and everything, you know, with their uh, different ways. But she touched his garment. She said, say he touched me. He turned around. I used to say yesterday, today, and forever. You can touch me tonight. He turned around. He looked around over the audience and said, somebody's done something here. He said, you, your faith has healed you. Oh, my. That's my Lord. That's him. That's him here now. Thy faith has healed you. You had a blood issue all these years. But your faith took care of that. Oh, my. She fell down trembling before him. He goes on. Here comes the man. The custom was in the old days to put ashes on your head with sorrow, a message of sorrow. He has ashes piled on his head, and here he comes running real fast like that. said, dry, dry. Trouble not the master. Your daughter's already dead. He's done later out. And a poor little fellow, I can imagine his little heart skip to beat. She's dead. I can see Jesus' eyes turn and look at him and say, fear not. Just only believe. <laughs> That's all. When he heard that word, he looked back. His little heart began to beat right again. His lips turned back, red again, shaking, looking long. Jesus kept looking at him, you know, just believe. All I ask you, you only believe. They kept walking along. They got to the house. The people, he said, now what's all this carrying on around here about? said, all this screaming and crying and going on about. said, she's not dead, she's sleeping. And they said, did you hear what that fanatic said? When we got her embalmed and laying out in there and she's not dead but sleeping. Oh, isn't that really? Oh, I tell you, they ought to run him out of the country. He walked in the house where all that was at. How could he do anything where that kind of unbelief was? He said, every one of you get out. <laughs> Took him out of the house. Get going, every one of you. <laughs> He's wondering who to have faith. He said, Peter, James, and John, hope, faith, and charity. <laughs> Come here. <laughs> That's what he has to have. Bring them in. Jairus had had a little faith. He'd been talking to his wife, and... So she got a little face too, so they put their arms around her and said, come on in now. He walked over there, and all on the outside of that wall of unbelief, so he was empowered with spirit, so he could speak in unknown tongues. So he took the little girl by the hand and said, the devil. And way out there in the spirit land where a little spirit was, so he turned back, she began to squeeze his hand, he raised her up, and I give her something to eat, and <laughs> she's kind of weak. <laughs> oh my. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's grateful, misery, and we ought to get ourselves in that kind of an atmosphere. Create, each one of you is a creator. Did you know that? Each one of you people that's born again is a creator. We must create an atmosphere, as I said the other night. Sometimes when I'm in the home and the wife, there's all the people in and out and just going all the time. I go in and wife standing in there. Wiping her eyes, crying. She said, Bill, the children haven't even had a bite each day. The house is packed and jammed. There, little Sarah, my little two-year-old girl, sitting in there. She's crying. Rebecca's coming to school. Why? My wife, all nervous, has got that atmosphere there, see? That's what it is. Well, I don't tell her. She's not here tonight, so she don't know it. So I go out there. Well, I tell you, honey, that's true. I say, oh, I have to come home once in a while, you know. But I say, sweetheart... You know, kind of get her quiet. And then I, in my heart, I say, Lord, I am getting my love 
of God into my wife. Now, Lord, you help me now here. And I want your spirit. Now, Satan would get us all confused. But I, I want you to help me. And I say, say, dear, uh, I'll help you wash the dishes. And I, I get on there and I say, you just start with the children. Like that's something. And I'm standing there all the time praying. Now, Lord, send your Holy Spirit. I know it's quieting them right now. And I'm sending it in this home, my home, in the name of your son, Jesus. The first thing you know, wife said, uh, she'd be interested in talking about something. The baby's got blocks of playing in there. It's all over, see? See, it's the atmosphere. you got to get away from it, see? From that old confusion, oh, am I going to be... You're scared. That's what's the matter. You'll be frying your meat of a morning for breakfast. And, and the first thing you know, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to shock you a little bit. You don't mind, do you? All right. For instance, the meat's are frying and all at once the grease pops out on your hand. Now, if you just shake it off and go on frying meat, it wouldn't bother you. I know you didn't get that just right. Look, the first thing, oh, where's the onion? <laughs> see, you grabbed your hand, see? See, it scared you to death. That's what does it, it's fear. Peter walking on the water, he was walking all right till he seen the waves contrary, he got scared. He said, why'd you fear? That's what's the matter to the Holy Ghost people today. See, I'm not afraid. The devil's just trying to scare you out of something. He's trying to put something off somewhere else. Say, some of these days you'll be this, you are now. Now we're sons of God. Now we're seated together in heavenly places. Now we have all powers in heavens and earth. Now we have it. Not in the millennium. We won't need it then. We got it now. We're right now. We are the sons of God. It does not appear what we shall be, but we know we'll be like him. What you are here is a reflection of what you are somewhere else. Those who he called, he justified. Is that right? Those who he justified, he hath glorified. Already in the presence of the Father, we have a glorified body. Wasn't that deep? All right. We'll find out whether it's right or not. If this earthly tabernacle be dissolved, we have one already waiting. Is that right? <laughs> so right now, and what we are there is a reflection. Here, what we are here is a reflection of what we are somewhere else. So if your deeds are evil, you know where it comes from. You know where your other body's awaiting. Now, you say about that grease on the hand. Well, one day, Paul, the Lord told Paul he had to go down and appear before Caesar and got shipwrecked out there. And the Lord gave him a vision, told him what was going to happen. Fourteen days and nights, no stars, moon or nothing. Didn't worry Paul, because he knew what the Lord said. He said, I saw a vision last night. A man stood by me and told me that I was going to be take before Caesar. He said, I've seen in the vision the ship is going to be wrecked on a certain island. I said, there ain't going to be nobody's life lost. He <laughs> said, the Lord done told me so. <laughs> So wherefore be of a good courage. I see a little Jew shaking his hands in the stream and top of his voice. The ship just pitching as hard as it ever did. Didn't bother him, you know what the Lord said, you see. So when they got on the shore, there was a big storm been on there and the rain, cold. Paul was picking up some sticks and he threw some in the fire, and a big danger snake grabbed him right through the hand. I never scared Paul, he looked at it like that. So full of the Holy Ghost, his whole inner body just charged with the power of God. He looked at it, shook it off in the fire, said, i got to go before Caesar. What are you talking to me about? I got went walking on. It didn't bother him. See? didn't scare him a bit. I want to ask you something. You love me? <laughs> I'm going to let you know a little something. I've never told this to the audience. What would you think of a fellow that one time was uh, patrolling or walking through a field, and a hideous big bull got after him? Very dangerous. The fellow never thought, but it was right on him. 
And the bull threw his horns in the ground, great big long horn, and he run right towards the big germ, and he got real close, and the man was a man with the Holy Ghost. And so he knew there's no tree to run to, there's no fence to go, what could you do? But all at once something happened. He said, Now, Bull, you can't hurt me, because I'm God's servant. God made Jesus the creator. Now, in the name of Jesus Christ, go over and lay down under the tree. And not a bit of scared. And the bull runs up to about five feet or ten feet, and he stopped. He looked this way, and he went, Hey, this is depleted, walked over, laid down under the tree. Wow. Could you believe that? Well, it's the truth anyhow. Well, that's no more than the Lord throwed Dan- had Daniel throw down in the lion's den. The lion started working. Daniel just turned his back to him and said, Lord, I get the lion come up and just back away and walk on, sit down. Lay down. Last summer, my yard needed mowing so bad, I couldn't get nobody to mow it, and I was home on a little vacation. I started two weeks, I hadn't got out of the front yard with a little power mower. I put on my overalls and went out and started mowing the yard. And First thing you know, a little old power mower, somebody come in, I'd slip around the back and change my clothes, run in, pray for them, and change again and go out. It had been almost two weeks, so grass had rolled up behind me. So I got around behind the house and where nobody could see me, and I took off and just had my overalls and, and uh, the uh, shoes on. My shirt was all real hot, and I was mowing, I forgot about the little Martin box there that I had, and there's a bunch of harness in there, and I hit against that fence, and my, I was covered with harness in a few minutes. Just nothing on the top here. And a harness, I, I, I said, now, little harness, I love you. I don't want you kissing me. I want you to go right on back in your box where you belong, because I'm God's servant, and I'm praying for the sick people, and this grass is growing up, and I want you to get away from me. Now, I'm not scared of you now, because I ain't got time to fool with you. Go right back in the box. I just talked to him like that. I kept on mowing, and God is a judge, and will let you know. Every one of them harness is lying right up like that, and just went right on back in the box. <laughs> That's right. I can tell you something on divine healing the same way. See? you got to talk to those things. See? Whatsoever you say, believe that you receive it. See? It's a power, it's anointing. All fear drops down, drops away. He walked by a tree one time and he said, No man eat off of you. He walked on the way, went up to Jerusalem that night. Come back down the next day at about 11 o'clock, they was passing by. And Peter said, Say, look at that tree. While the things rolling from the roof. And when he went to dry, I said, Hey, you seen that girl? That's the reason he went across the sea there, perhaps. But the woman had touched his arm and he said, Thy faith has made thee whole. <laughs> but the dry his daughter, he went out to her. He said, Didn't I tell you not to fear? Just only believe? Now, he's the same Jesus tonight, and may he bless you. Now, we pray. Father, we thank thee for these marvelous Bible stories of your dear son when he was here on earth, giving us an example of what he is. And what he was yesterday, he is today, and will be forever. That's the gospel. He that believe in his baptized shall be saved. These signs shall follow them that believe. And Father, today, as teachers try to say, it was just for them people. And you said yourself, it was to be to all the world. And the gospel has not yet gone to all the world. The signs follow the believers as long as there's a world. Now, Father, I pray that tonight that you'll bless us with your presence again, and you didn't claim to know all things. You said, I just do as the Father shows me. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself, but what he sees the Father doing, that does the Son likewise. Now, Father, I pray that in the name of Jesus that you'll come and will 
just circumcise every heart in the building, that we may just drop all fear everywhere, and we'll let Christ, the Son of God, take over our life right now. Let him think for us. Let him speak for us. And we'll obey him. And now for your servant, your father, I pray that you'll help me. Help these, your servants, sitting here on the platform, these ministers. God revolutionize their ministry. Make them, Lord, to be firebrands. They go forward with a great, powerful ministry. And in their churches, may their churches rebuild and come, Lord, get to even put more rooms to them. Grant it, Lord. And may many of these poor, wandering, straying children straying around through the world tonight without a church home, grant, Lord, that they'll see their error and come to the house of the living God. Help us now, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Jesus, marvelously bless you all. Here sits before me tonight these people that I'd sure like to be able to Wish I had each one of you that I could just go down and sit down and talk to you a while. Just sit down personally and talk to you. I'm sure it wouldn't be but a little while that the Lord would tell me what about it, the case. For instance, if I said, well, here's a, maybe here's such a man back here that's paralyzed. Let me have him. At the same time, I'd only be able to tell him what the Lord told me. But perhaps that man will live a normal life. I mean, an ordinary lifetime. But maybe there's such a man with heart trouble. If he don't get something, he's going to die right away. There's a man with a cancer. He's been eat up. He's got to have help from God or die. So what am I going to do? The only thing I can do is what he tells me. That's right. And now, here's the, my message to you, Christian. Now, what Jesus Christ was then, he is now. And now when Jesus Christ was here on earth, he didn't claim to be a great healer. He didn't claim to heal at all. How many knows this to be the truth? He said, it's not me that doeth the worst, but my Father that dwelleth in me. Well, the Holy Spirit was in Jesus, is that right? The Bible said, Jesus of Nazareth, God anointed him with the Holy Ghost to go about doing good. Well, then, if the Holy Ghost was in Jesus and he promised the things that he did, the church would do also. See? Well, then, he said, now, when he passed by all those cripples and things at the pool of Bethesda, he said, he healed one man laying on a pallet, walked away and left the rest of them because he said he knew where he was and knew his condition. That's what the Father told him. Then the Jews in question, he said, Dearly, dearly, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself, but what he sees the Father doing, that doeth the Son likewise. See what I mean? So it's never been, even to the Son of God, just to walk out to your own will, say this is this and this is that, and it never will be. It'll all have to come under the government of God. I want to ask you something. I, so I can just get to the place I, I feel where I'm right, see. Get the scope of the meeting. For instance, a hundred years, two hundred years ago, they didn't know what electricity was. But God gave us electricity. We find out the whole world full of electricity. It's been here since the world began. Is that right? Now listen close. Well, what if I was standing out here in a real dark field 
and I knowed that electricity was all around me. I listened close, and I screamed to the top of my voice, Oh, great electricity! Oh, I know you're here! Scientifically proven you're here! Light up, great electricity, and show me how to get out of this dark place! You think it would do it? No, sir. And yet I'm just covered all over with electricity. Is that right? Now, many of you, here's a young man in a wheelchair with stretcher cases and a little waterhead baby, heart troubles and stomach troubles and everything else sitting around here. You're driving a dark spot, aren't you? Now, all the screaming you do to God, that isn't it. You, electricity will light up if you'll work according to the law of electricity. Is that right? If you had a, an artesian well on this side of the hill putting out thousands of gallons of water per minute, and over on that side of the hill, another hill, you've got a crop burning up needing that water. Now, no matter how much you stream to that water, go up on that hill and water that crop, it'll never do it. But if you work according to the way of gravitation and run that water over on the hill, it'll water the crop. Is that right? But you've got to work according to the law of gravitation. Well, now, God is here all in this building right now. Do you believe that? We're all conscious. We're, wish that, you can't get it all in in one night, you see. You're conscious that God is here. Now, the only thing that we can do is work according to the law of God for our healing. Is that right? What is the law of God? It's love. Perfect love casts out all fear. Love and faith is the same thing. Love, perfect love, casts out all fear, which gives faith, you see. Now, if you just love God with all your heart, if you've done something to your neighbor or somebody, just say in your heart, now, I love them too. Now, I love God with all my heart. And I, Brother Branham, I have criticized you a little bit, but I love you anyhow. <laughs> See? All right. Now, just let that take place like that and just get that whole atmosphere in here of love. Then watch the law of God go to work this one that. That's, that's hot. Just the same as it made the little harness go back as it stops the bull in the field and oh my. Other things that I could tell you. In this book that night when the maniac runs the platform to kill me, you heard of that, didn't you? You read it in the book? What did that? You better know what you're thinking of when you do that. In Africa, when the witch doctors come up with the dozens and challenge and see him stand there with blurry eyes and turn around and walk away, see? Doing enchantments, even make a rope stand up in the air and rattle bones and perform all kinds of things, even turn water into blood and everything else right before you. You see the power of Jesus Christ just take that thing away like that. Bind him to such a place to just be condemned and walk away. He's here. That's right. Now let's have faith and let's believe with all of our hearts. Billy, where you at? What was faith? Well, I think this is a. Let's see, we had the first and the last part. Let's take the middle of it tonight. <laughs> they had the Moody Bible in, sent out a little quartet to sing for him. They had the shades all pulled down in the room. He had a sense of humor, you know. He turned out to say, hey, Who's dying here, me or you? He said, raise up them shades and sing me some real good snappy gospel songs. And they went to sing him the song. He said, where's Luke? That was his brother. Luke is in the next room. So they brought Luke in. He reached over his trembling hand, took a hold of Luke. They traveled together like Billy and I and Brother Baxter and He said, Luke, we've been a long ways together, haven't we? Luke said, yes, Paul. He said, but think of it. In five minutes from now, I'll be standing in the presence of Jesus Christ in his righteousness. Think of it. Gave up the ghost and died. Never died. He went to be with Jesus. He wrote this song. 
then I, I have to be able to single out. See, I, it just, there's no need to try and explain it, but it's just from every side. See, it's people, faith, believing. And each person can prayer. And that prayer just makes a candlelight, see. And it's just, then if I can get you close to me, so I can kind of get straightened out myself, you see, then it begins to move to the audience anywhere. They touch and he turns, you see. You understand what I mean? Now, our master one day sat on the well and he talked to a woman that come to draw some water. He said, uh, uh, bring me a drink. She said, well, it's not customary to ask, uh, if you were being a Jew, to ask me a Samaritan to such a thing. He said, we don't have any demons. He said, but if you knew who you were talking to, you'd ask me for a drink. Now, I have my idea of what I think he was doing. I think what he, she's a, she was a human. She had spirit. And he was trying to contact her spirit in spirit world. Now that's the same thing by his spirit I'm trying to do to you. Contact your life. Now, if I was, that's, that's a gift of God. Now, nothing I've done to merit that. When I was just about three minutes old, he came in the room and stood there where I was at. It's without repentance, gift of God. But what's it to do? Does that make me any more than, than the bootlegger was just converted a few minutes ago? No. See, not a bit. We're just all God's servants together. We're all the same. But we're trying to work for you. See what I mean? And it's all in God. There's nothing that no one can do but God. Jesus Christ through the, his son. If I could heal you and wouldn't do it, I'd be a brute. I would be a horrible person. But I couldn't do it. But with a divine gift, I might help you to get enough faith to be healed, you see, by a divine gift that was given me, which it comes from God. And your healing comes from God. Your faith comes from God. So God is all in and all. Every bit of that comes from God. You understand? Not knowing you, knowing you're nothing of you, never seen you in my life, and perhaps this is our first time of ever meeting. Is that right? It is. Well, then, if the Lord Jesus, when he talked to the woman, if he found out where her trouble was, he went right straight and said, go get your husband. She said, I don't have any. That's right. Have five. She said, I perceive that you're a prophet. Now, if he's the same today as he was then, and he promised us the same that he did, we would also, his presence being here then, he could reveal to me just where your trouble is, like he knows where her trouble was. Is that right? He could do it. If he would do it, would you accept your healing or, or whatever you are? I don't know where it's healing or what you have need of, but you would accept it, would you, as a blessing from God? You would. Or may he grant it. Yes? It's, uh, you're very much worked up. You've been excited about something. It's, uh, you are, you, you're suffering with a, it's a stomach condition. There's something wrong in the stomach. And that's been very... There's something wrong more. I see the exact... Oh, he said it's a, it's a colon in a, in a colon. It's a, a disease in a colon. You're, it's, you're scared of cancer. Less enough. Is that true, lady? Is that true? Your stomach and whatever it was, is that true? Yeah. Look here at me just a moment. How could I know that? 
knowing in the world, Holy Spirit. Yes, here's another thing I see moving now that I'm talking to you. There's something you, you've had to do something. Oh, yes, you, you work, don't you? And you had to get off from work tonight to come here. Is that right? <laughs> oh, boy, lady, God healed you. Go ahead and do to love him with all your heart now and believe with all your soul now Jesus Christ is the same of course the more you talk to people the more it tells you but as soon as I think the people's got enough faith to be healed I feel it I just let it go at that oh, there's, there's, I believe we call either 15 or 20 and I don't know what he'll do out in the prayer line depends on how many I get real weak that's what my boy's sending somewhere here watching me, when he sees they get enough, he knows when to what to do. And I, it makes me real numb, and I don't think I'm beside myself when I'm rubbing my face or something, or cause my lips feel real thick. It's the Holy Spirit. I remember the prophet Daniel saw one vision, it troubled him at his head, he was walking around the coma like for several days. Now, lady, I suppose you and I are strangers, are we, lady? You... Now, what about the document? Vandalia, Illinois. My, that's a long time ago. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Well, uh, were you there at the meeting? Yes, you, Well, of course, I would not remember that in this much time. Mm-hmm. Was you um, up at the prayer line or something? Else? Oh, you wasn't praying. You just attended the meeting. Yes, ma'am. Well, that makes us then just the same as strangers. You just saw me standing on the platform. Was you there the night the boy that was born blind received his sight and come back and took my time and asked his mother what color it was? No, I don't. That was long about next to last night. Now I want you to look on me just a moment. Not, I'm not reading your mind, no ma'am. No, no. <laughs> no ma'am, I'm not. I'm just trying to contact your spirit. See? Just like a, a picture camera, a film's been taken. God has to take me down that same line again. You're. Yes, that's. That's very scary. It's a, you get real nervous now. You, I've seen you, you dropped the dish or something the other time to, or in your hand. You couldn't hold it here. Isn't that right? Yeah, standing stand by that sinker, that place where you turned around to your right in the chair and behind you kind of staggered over. And you, it's a, in the evening when the sun's setting, I see it makes you feel real most worn and tired in the evening. I see you sitting around a whole lot that time looking out a window, kind of like it was a dreary weary looking. You have your riders also, don't you? That's right. And you're, uh, what that is, lady, it's, it's the time of life for you. It's menopause, change of life. Come here. You believe that Jesus Christ can take that from you? Yes, I do. Will you submit yourself to him? Yes. That's a horrible spirit. It just haunts that people. See, uh, this is a mixed audience, but look, see, just since you've been a little girl, ever 28 days, you get a uh, funny feeling, mm-hmm. and this is a whole change in where life is, Satan is there also, yes. death is there. And now right at this middle change is when it's the worst of all. Mm-hmm. Now Satan would run you in the thing if he could, but God will take it off of you now. Hallelujah. And he's going to make you out. Now, kind heavenly Father, in the name of our son Jesus, may this demon leave the woman 
and may she walk through these shadows without a fear in her heart. Leave her. Come out from her in Jesus' name. Now, my sister, now you can go home and be known and feel our language. Now, it's all gone from you now. Very strange, but you're come. Well, when you go home, you be all right. And God will bless you. Let's say thanks be to God who gives us. Those spirits are just like a shadow, like a big dark cloud. And standing there, just like a fog, cold and different. I want you to be reverent. How do you do, lady? Well, you and I are strangers, are we, lady? I do not know you. I've never seen you in my life. You're just a lady that comes here. Do you believe me to be God's servant? Now, you know what? I'm just a, a man, perhaps like your husband or any other man. See, he's just, just a sinner saved by grace. And But God sets in the church preachers, he sets in the church singers, and he sets in the church prophets, he sets in the church gifts of all kinds. Doesn't he do that? Do you believe that? Do you believe that God can tell me what's your trouble? Do you believe that with all your heart? Well, then, if he can, then you'll accept, oh, I see now, it's not you, only a hunger for God. That's right. You've been praying to seek God, find God, or death, but for your baby. Is that right? That baby is, the, the wall of its heart has a hole in it from an x its ribs are deformed in a heart pattern. Merciful God, spare the life of the child and bless the mother. I take the curse of this devil off of this baby, that the baby will live and not die. Grant it, Almighty God, and eternal God of glory, as I lay my hands upon the soul of weak and baby, may it be healed in Jesus' life. Don't fear it. I go thanking God and being reverent. Let's say praise the Lord. Our Lord Jesus be magnified. The powers of Almighty God who created the heavens and earth and fanned them out and spoke and said, Let there be and things appeared which was made out of things which not. May God's blessings and mercies ever remain upon his people. When you think about it, sir, you want to be healed of that heart trouble sitting there? Sitting there, the man with his hands on it, you think God will make you well? You believe with all your heart? He did. He healed you. Stand up to your feet and accept your healing. Yeah, you heart trouble so that baby went all the way to the same time. See, friend, you don't need prayer cards. You need faith in God. Believe with all your heart, you shall have what you ask for. If thou canst believe, he said. Only have faith. You're the patient. Excuse me, it just moves around so I goes off on me, seeing I see go out over the audience, I'm watching it, seeing I'm trying to see what's that. Nothing wrong, I was just talking to the lady. Now, we are, are strangers, aren't we, sister? Uh, 
never, you've been in the meetings, but I've never seen you in that. Well then, if our Lord Jesus is here, as I claim he is, and his spirit is here at the platform, uh, and you're a believer, you're bound to be conscious of it. You can't help from it. If your soul is in connection with God, you'll know it, which I know you are. I cannot heal you, you know that. I'm just a man. But your faith is what would heal you, is that right? If I, by the Holy Spirit, by divine gift and the love of God, can see what God would say something for you, then surely it'd take all doubt away and you'd believe with all your heart. Would you do it? Your it's a tumor. It's not only tumor, it's tumors. One of them's in the neck and one in the back. Is that right? If he knows where they are, then he's exposed, isn't he? You believe he can take it away? Come here. Oh God, the creator of heaven and earth, author of everlasting life, giver of every good gift, send our blessings upon this side, daughter. I condemn the enemy and ask it to leave in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I keep seeing a man standing before me. Looks like someone sitting right there with a bronchitis. <laughs> That's, that, you had it, that's right, that's, uh, amen, that, Lord, God bless you, amen. It just kept calling, I looked around, I thought I'd seen the man somewhere, I looked back and it was him sitting there, that's right. I left you also, sir, God bless you. How do you do? Of course, we are strangers, I suppose, God, man, I don't know you, no man, I... Well then, if we're strangers in this world and God knows that we're strangers, then there's, there'd have to be some way I'd have to know you and contact your spirit or some way to find out. All right, audience. Are you believing? You know what get all that sinus? Believe God will make you well of it? If you believe it with all your heart, you can have it now. I want just to speak with you a moment. You, um, if, uh, a rectal trouble like a hemorrhoid, isn't that right? see the examination you have a you're very nervous upset it's a change of life menopause you also have a some kind of you coughing a whole lot or something or it's an asthmatic cough is that right and you're you have an allergy and that comes from a dust or some kind of dirt or something you, there's something strange about you 
with some connection with you, with somebody, or our Holy Spirit. Yes, it is. You're relating to me in some way. I don't know you, but you're relating to me. Is that right? What is your name? Branham, I thought. God bless you. <laughs> and you're here. Oh, God bless you, lady. <laughs> I can hear someone calling you Miss Branham. <laughs> and your husband is, it's you, your husband, that's the way it is. A little fella, a short fella. God bless you. Go and be well in Jesus Christ's name. What do you mean? God bless you. I'd like to meet with you sometime. God bless you. Amen. You believe he heals you with trouble when you come back? Do you believe he makes you well? Oh, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you will heal the woman and make her well. Grant God bless you, sister. Go with great faith. Now, believing it, God's making it well. See what the effort comes to. God will heal you of that rheumatic fever? Believe God will make you well of it? You do? Stand up on your feet. He heals you, man. God bless you. The reason it was him, you have heart trouble, you see. And a rheumatic fever works on the heart, and them two spirits is calling to one another. Now you go and just rejoice and thank God for your healing. Now, 
the mother, the child. See, the child knows your own touch. And now I want you to do what I ask you to do. Will you do it? That you might know it. I told the truth. When you go in tonight, you put a string around the baby's head and get it right up even and measure it. And then day after tomorrow night, which will be your Saturday night, if you're here, can you stay that long? I want you to cut off of that string when you measure it again how much it's shrunk between now and Saturday night and lay it here with a little note on it, will you? So I can show the audience. Do you believe with all your heart? Now, I've never seen you, don't know you, but God knows you, doesn't he? I just want to talk to you and then wake this microphone. Not a thing immorally. It's just something I could not say before this audience rightly. It's a mixed audience. But something the woman done that no one in the world was present but her and Almighty God. Is that right, lady? If that's right, raise up your hand. Now, for your obedience to faith, Christ makes you well. He can go in Jesus Christ. All things are possible to them that believe. Isn't that right? You don't get over the stomach trouble? Be made well? You believe it's caused from a nervous condition, make happy. Now you'll have to do what I tell you to do if you believe. Just accept your healing right now and go out of here just as happy as you could be singing and rejoicing. You've always been under a strain like that. See, you're always you've been nervous since you were born. See, isn't that right? I'm not reading your mind, but I see your life. Just go back to a little girl. You always get scared. A lot of times things frighten a dog or something like that. You make a noise and you'll, one time coming to school, you was run by one, you see. Isn't that right? And then when you, it makes you real nervous, you always feel that when you're upset, always deep thinking, crossing bridges before you get to them. Isn't that right? But you're healed now. You can go home and eat your supper and be well. In the name of the Lord. Female trouble, isn't that right? You want to be well, don't you? Certainly you do. You can run into a cancer. Will you raise your hand and say, I accept Jesus as my healer, and I condemn the disease in her body in Jesus Christ's name. You may it be her. And God bless you, sister. Go. Thank you. God rejoice in heaven. All right, come in. You believe with all your heart? I want to ask you something. Now, I know, Mother. Life probably hasn't been, but just to show, a few minutes ago, there's a real strange feeling come to you when you're walking up that step. Is that right? And the reason it was when I was talking to a lady here a few minutes ago who had stomach trouble. Is that right? You both were healed at the same time. You see, your stomach trouble left you when you come up the step. Just like her. If 
besides being nervous and sorry, they tell you have stomach trouble yourself. Isn't that right? <laughs> Dear Jesus, I pray that you'll make the man well. May he leave here happy tonight and well. And Jesus said, getting up at night. He's going to the bathroom. That stops now. You go and read. Audience looks like you can see that hanging right there. Oh my, it's wonderful that light moving, milling right there. I see what's the eczema on that. A case of eczema. Isn't that right, lady? Sitting there praying, wasn't right? you? That's why you come home over here. You're listening to your prayer. Now stand up to your feet and accept your healing and be made well in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. God bless you. How do you do, honey? Yes, fine. Bless her little heart. Do you know what's wrong with you, honey? Mm-hmm. You have a tumor. Did you know that, sweetheart? Come here, just now. Oh, eternal God, author of life, giver of every good gift, send thy blessings upon this little child, innocent. Now hold her little body against my Lord and ask that you'll make her well. May the evil go from her through the cross of Jesus Christ. I condemn this demon that would harm this child's life and may it live. May Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of the Living God, come and hear my prayer at this time. Satan, I adjure thee by the name of the Jesus Christ, the Son of God, leave the child. You're the grandmother, aren't you? That's right, you have heart trouble, isn't you? You did. You haven't got it now. Leave a sound of this. The power of God sure heals. Lady laying there, you think God would heal you with that cancer on the lungs? If you believe with all your heart, you're listening at me. You only have one thing to do. You're laying like the lepers laid at the gate. They said, why do we sit here till we die? If we sit here, we'll die. If we go into the city, we'll die. We only got one chance. That's go to the enemy. If he keeps us, we live. If we don't, we die. You're going to die anyhow. You're not invited to go to an enemy camp. You're invited to the house of Jesus Christ, our soul of faith, which is expecting you tonight. You'll accept your healing and believe that God will heal you if that cancer. It'll go out of your lungs and you'll be made well. You think the female trouble left you, lady? It has gone off platform rejoicing and thank God. Lady, why don't you lay in there, rise up in the name of the Lord Jesus and take up your bed and go home and be made well. Do you believe? The rest of you here can do the same thing at this time if you'll believe. Up to you, act upon your faith. If you believe, lay your hands over on one another. Almighty God, 
In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, I ask that you move, O Almighty One, blessing this audience of people, and may the Spirit of God come down now in great oceans and gushes of power. Say, move! Come out of the people, I adjure thee.